Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Yes, sir. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? Hey, we're on the board. We got the win. Patriots moving to one and one with a 17 to 14 victory over the Steelers in Pittsburgh. We own Heinz Field or whatever the hell they call it these days. Uh, first, first off, I mean, seemed like the Patriots had the upper hand most of the day. Still mm-hmm. edges out as only a three point victory i think there's probably a lot of reasons some bright spots some places for improvement ryan what was your your main takeaway from this game it looked like as far as the coaching staff that there were big changes it looked like belichick was much more involved with the offense uh bill yates was up in the press box for the first half came down to coach the offensive line in the second half i thought that really showed the offensive line seemed to be much more well coordinated um it was still a lot of pressure on on mac jones but a lot of sacks. Um, Matt Patricia was able to focus on the play calling. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and then uh, just generally, the defense play, played well again. Um, the offense, I mean, we'll get into it, but I thought there was some struggles with the offense. Uh, yeah, I agree with all that, that Ryan said. You could definitely see that there were some coaching changes offensively. Play calling seemed a little different. They seemed to scrap more of that 12 personnel offense i mean we ran it it seems like a couple plays but literally you know went back to the old stuff uh from my perspective and yeah the offense i mean as much as it did it definitely looked improved um but you know still not even close to where it needs to be uh the deep ball mac threw to Devonte parker i don't know what's going on with Devonte parker but he's got to have like the worst stats in the league of, for a receiver that's played as much as he has like four targets, two interceptions, you know, a reception for nine yards. Um, and, you know, Mac seems like he's not comfortable. He doesn't like what's happened, you know, play calling. I don't know, something. I don't know what it is, but he didn't look like he was, you know, in a good place back there and able to make the right decisions all the time. There were times where there were open receivers, and it seems like we schemed some stuff up, and he just – wasn't seeing the field or wasn't making the proper throw or read or whatever, what have you. I don't know if that's because he's pissed at the coaching staff, if he's still just nervous behind the offensive line, um, you know, that would, or, you know, it carries over from preseason into now. He's still, you know, not comfortable with what happened last week. I don't know. But on, on a positive note, the run game really came alive, which is huge. And, you know, that was really good to see, especially them closing out the game with six minutes left to go. There's been plenty of times in the last few years where we had a lead and we couldn't keep it because we couldn't shut the game out. So that was very encouraging. I think the offensive line took care of a lot of their issues. They still had some problems. I think I read something that they, you know, they still had over 30 or 40 percent, you know, pressure on Mac Jones making the move around. He had some pocket awareness and stuff, but slight improvements everywhere, and that's what you want to see in week two. And getting the win is nice. Yeah, I was just looking at Mac Jones from an objective point of view. I thought it was one of I honestly thought it was one of his worst games. Uh, I'd say so. As a starter, uh, his body language sucked. He's always bitching to the refs. Um, he's always pissed off. It looks like he's just unhappy. Several plays he threw off platform. Um, I thought he left a ton of plays on the table. He missed reads. Uh, 138 left in the first quarter. Jordan Humphrey streaking down the seam wide open. Yeah. Would have been a 54-yard play. Mac doesn't see it or doesn't react to it quick enough. Ends up taking. And that's where the play was supposed to go, too. Yeah. Ends up taking some pressure and ends up spiking the ball at Ramondre's feet. Um, even the, the Aguilar touchdown, which is a great play by Aguilar, is an underthrown ball. A good corner is at least breaking that up. Um, obviously, the, uh, the throw towards Sutton, the... Uh, the one that's been picked, I mean, you can't throw it more squarely at a defender than that. Um, just some things I'm seeing with Mac Jones that I don't like. He doesn't throw the ball away nearly enough. enough. And when he when he did it, I think he did it one time. Um, it was intentional grounding. He didn't get out of the pocket. Um, the first drive, excellent seven-minute drive. Um, and it stalled out really due to a bad throw to Henry on the, uh, on the left sideline there where he threw it back inside when the ball was supposed to be outside for sure. Um, taking delay of game penalties, I just 
I'm a little bit worried about Mac. And, and you know, could you I can pick your point? Either you're mad at the coaching staff or Mac, but they got to get on the same page here eventually. So these coaching, these coaches aren't going anywhere. All right, all right. We're out. You, you guys know they won, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I'm just saying, barely. We played the Steelers without T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's in that game. I honestly think we lose that game. Um, Arguably, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd lean that way. Well, they they have to change things up. Um, you know, at at the very end, I think the brightest spot for me in the game was the way that they closed out the game. The 13 yeah. play drive, ran the ball for just continually getting first downs when they needed to run the clock out, and they did that. Uh, and if they needed to, they could have gotten points on that drive at least. <laughs> at least a good field goal look. But um, other thing to mention as well, we didn't know if Mac Jones was even going to play in this game, given the back injury he sustained last week. Yeah. I think it seems very clear that he is not throwing the ball outside the numbers. I was, I said that during the game, uh, right before he throws it deep to Aguilar for the touchdown, mm-hmm. which is a tremendous play. I mean, everybody's like, oh, I want to see more out of Aguilar. And it's like, I didn't even know he had that in his tool bag Yeah, to go up he and take high game. point the ball that 110 way. yards. Definitely his best game as a Patriot. Yeah, yeah, so that that was really good. So let's give let's give him credit for that, James. You, you mentioned it, but then we kind of glossed over the run game. Both running backs were at if you combine them, they were averaging five yards a carry mm-hmm. between those two guys doing that yeah. consistently. Offensive line looked pretty good in this game again without the premier pass rusher on the other side. Devontae Parker, when I was looking at it, it looked like the safety was always shading to his side. It looked like they were really worried about him. So, Which is interesting. He, and he played 100% of the, the snaps, for God's sake. Um, you I would wonder if that's because of all the attention that he was pulling himself. Which is and, fine. And I mean, I guess that if, guy that's, deep. if that's what he is, if he's really just a decoy, that's fine. Uh, until somebody just, tests it. Until somebody te- Yeah, and I mean, I'm surprised he's not, I mean, not getting open at all. You know, he's not really a separation guy, but you'd think he'd get something, you know, open a little bit. Um Mac has two interceptions on the season, both targeting Devontae Parker. Yeah. Oh, he could have had more last game, but luckily yeah. they, they're cornerbacks. They're cornerbacks. They can't catch. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, it, it was a win. It was, it's not, we needed the win. If this was an 0 and 2 and we were talking about this stuff, it would be a lot worse. Um, I think they're, they're building towards something that's better. I think Mac needs to do some more buying in or, get more comfortable and it could just be that that he's not super comfortable behind the offensive line because he got pulverized all preseason and you know the first game of this regular season yeah you know, it, maybe that's it and that's fine and that, i think that'll come with time and like you said you know last week sean which is a good point he had a back injury last week coming out of the game which was no one really knew what was going on he had an illness and was out thursday so you know maybe he was still feeling sick you know, maybe he got the flu and was out for a day and then, like, is, was struggling through it. I don't know. He didn't seem that bad in the press conference, but that's possible. That's all very possible. So, you know, yeah. I, I'll leave it at that, and we'll have to see how he does next week. Um, and, I mean, this is a good defense, even without T.J. Watt. I think this is a good defense. Um, outside of a couple plays, you know, obviously the Nelson Aguilar one, but Gunner, the Gunner Olszewski one. Olszewski, whatever his name is. Olszewski. Schooler, Schooler making plays. I don't know how you look at that name and it's Olszewski. I mean, he was here for four years and it still makes no sense to me. But whatever. There's no F there. But that's fine. But uh, bounced right off his helmet into Schooler's hands. Who Schooler actually, you know, is undrafted rookie, as you were just going to say, right? I mean, he's fast. He gets down the field. He's there. He's the first. He's beating Slater down the field, which is pretty impressive. But bounces off his helmet. We get the ball. Go, you know, finally score off of somebody else's mishap. You know, earlier in the game, we had a good interception, and we didn't really do much with it. There were some squandered opportunities there, so we got to be more consistent. Um, I think getting this win against the Steelers team, I think the Steelers are going to be in the hunt, right? Mm, no, I don't know. I mean, not with, as soon as they take Mitch out, they right? Have a Maybe chance. not with Mitch, but I mean, they have they have a good team around him. It's yeah. Mitch, you know, Mitch Trubisky is. I mean, he's arguably the worst quarterback in the league. Yeah. Well, the offensive line's a major problem. I, I thought that kid, the, the right guard was fairly decent, Daniels. Um, other than that, I don't know, it looked pretty rough. Uh, we were able to generate some pressure and, and, and penetrate some runs with, I mean, Wise and Guy had, like, their best games in years. Um, Listen to you I, talk about that. Tell us hey, about Wise. I, I mean, the guy's the, what is he, number seven in the PFF rankings? for. Yeah, uh, I saw you send that over. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, he's been playing well. It's hard to 
Hard to uh, knock You can tell he's gotten bigger, and he's playing, you know, definitely more physically than he did before. He's become a leader, um, and he seems to be, I mean, he's a team captain. He seems to be playing his best football right now. So, I mean, we'll take it. Uh, Godshaw got banged up. Farmore continues to uh, sit on obvious rundowns. He's got a 29.6, I believe, on in run defense on PFF, which is fucking horrible. Um, really? Granted, he hasn't been in there on many rundowns, uh, but you can see when they when they put him in there, he's he was a real bright spot for me. He had, uh, let's see, he, had a, he was attracting double teams. They had they had him triple teamed once in the first quarter. He had a sack early on on a Trubisky scramble, uh, and right before that sack, I think two two plays before that sack, he had a beautiful swim move on the center, left him for dead, uh, and then he tipped the ball and, and knocked it out of bounds. Uh, and then he had another like half sack with Jelani Tavai. I just, you know, I want to see more of him. He's he's a game changer, man. I want to see more of him. Uh, Bentley was solid. Bunch of guys played pretty well on defense that I can't really knock. Yeah, I mean, our, I think our defense is shaping up into something, um, you know, that I wasn't expecting. I thought offensively we'd be stronger, defensively we'd be struggling. It seems the opposite. It seems our defense actually might be pretty good. Um, you know, Barmore, as you're mentioning, Judon, I thought had a great game. There was a couple, you know, high motor plays that he, you know, he sniffed out that really wasn't his assignment, and he went around and, you know, made plays. Um, you know, you like you alluded to, we had some injuries. Godjaw, Duggar got hurt and what came out. And, but, you know, Phillips was in there. He had a great game. Um, the cornerbacks played well. You know, and you think, oh, well, the Steelers suck. Their offense sucks. And Mitch Trubisky sucks. But they have some really great receivers that even with a sucky quarterback can get open and make plays. And then Miami, as we're probably talking about a little bit, was, you know, absolutely put up fucking 40-something points. And they, you know, were barely in double digits against us. So I think we're they got something there. And it's just get the offense on the right track. And we could be pretty good. We could be yeah. a pretty good team. Nice, nice teaser there, James. Yeah, we will talk more about the Miami-Baltimore game mm-hmm. later on. But yeah, the, the Patriots defense, it, it will be good. It was good last year. It was good the year before. It'll be good again this year. Yeah. Uh, I thought Jack Jones looked pretty good at cornerback. Rookie he, playing out he's there. He's a player, dude. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Uh, looks like he, he fills the role nicely. Johnny Jones banged up a little bit in and out of the lineup. Out the, there, Jalen Mills, interception. Good to see. Yes, it yeah, is. Back, Mitch Trubisky. But Sorry, what was that? Mac Wilson made that play though. Mac yeah, fantastic play. Mac yeah, Wilson was so everywhere. Mac Wilson has that wheels. Was a big thing. The rotations. Sorry, to, don't mean to cut you off there, Sean. But to allude to that, um, you know, Mac Wilson played basically Roquan, where Roquan McMillan was last week, and Roquan McMillan barely played. So that was a big adjustment on defense. I don't know if that's personnel related or whatever matchup related. And on the D tackles, it seems like they're doing a 30-30-30 thing. Where they're all they're they're each getting the same amount of time because when you look at the snaps, like Barmore led by like two snaps, and then it was Guy, then Godjaw. It was still like thirty percent of the snaps, though, right? Like thirty. That's it. They're only all playing thirty to forty yeah. percent of the I snaps. I did notice. Like, no one's playing a lot of snaps on the D line, except for Wise. Wise is in there every play. Everyone else is rotating. I did notice Barmore in there on run plays when they were in more of like a goal line, five down lineman uh, or yeah. four lineman set. Um, kind of. And Carl Davis played way less than him too. Yeah, that, that's good. I'm happy with that right now. I mean, you got a good thing going with with um, this rotation. And uh, Carl Davis, I mean, he made that bonehead play in Week One. I thought he should have been benched for that game. A um, couple more bright spots I, I didn't mention um, offensively. That just the line was way more. Nice. I thought on, on Wenu and Strange looked way better than than Week One. Andrews. Mm-hmm. Only- Andrew's always pretty good. Uh, Wynn was decent. Uh, Trent Brown, pretty good. Um, has some trouble with, with stunts and, and delayed blitzes where he's already committed to double-teaming a guy in the B-gap and a guy comes in the C-gap and gets pressure on Mac. I'd like to see him be a little more patient and mm-hmm. wait. Um, Jacoby Myers, I mean, this guy's doing everything for us right now. You know, He catches everything thrown to him. He's just a consistent guy. And um, so far, to me, he's been our, our best player on offense. Uh, Kendrick Bourne continues to sit two snaps. I mean, I don't get that. He had and, more snaps um, in this game. He definitely had yeah. more than two. Uh, I thought the uh, – I looked at 
reference. I thought it said two. No, he had yeah, he had more than twenty something. Was it two catches? Two catches. Two catches. Oh, really? I gotta look at that. I I thought I he was sitting uh, quite a bit. Anyway, um, the tight ends as well. Not a good performance. What what did they combine for? One catch, nothing. two catches. I mean, nothing. Nothing was it? Hunter Henry had then nothing. Yeah, you're paying a lot of money for these guys, man, and and the receiving core. I mean, you're you're spending a ton of money on these positions, and you should be getting you should be getting more. Yeah, that's the truth, without a doubt. Um, last thing I had was related to the defense, and this ties into the Miami game in Week One, where we did see uh, the big play allowed by the defense this week. No big plays allowed. They missed some tackles, but they were able to get guys on the ground before they really broke deep. So that's huge. That's something we definitely didn't see when the Ravens played the Dolphins this weekend in an epic comeback. Before we jump into that, steps moving forward from here for the Patriots to to improve things. I got a couple on the top of my list. Mm -hmm. Offensively, we have run, get this, a total of seven play-action plays all season. Which is crazy. Seven. Two in this game. Two of them. That's, That's our bread and butter. That's, that's why we have such a powerful running game. That's why you, you try to attract so much attention to that so you can get the play action off of it. Jimmy Garoppolo has made a career out of this. Jared Goff, are you kidding me? These guys exist in the NFL strictly off of play action. Literally. Uh, make that more part of the offense. Can we get that involved at all? So that's a big one. Bare, barely any screen plays, uh, and even the, the ones that they're running are extremely ineffective. They're, running, they're trying to run these screen plays that are like right in the, the tight end pocket right off the wing, right off the tackle. Yeah, it's like, like what the fuck? Get them away from the center of the field. Get them away from the formation. Uh, yeah. You saw it in the the Vikings-Eagles game last night. They just kept trying to throw these screens that are, like, right behind the defensive linemen. Like, yeah. get it away from them. The defensive linemen are intercepting all these, or not intercepting, at least, like, knocking them down, interfering with all these plays. So that's a huge one offensively. Defensively, I, I just think continue to, to eliminate the big play and, and establish that pass rush. I yeah, think that, yeah. Those are the things. Let's see a little bit more, Uche. We, we dodged a bullet, it seems like, on the injury report. Kyle Duggar was not listed on the injury report today. So uh, I know he missed the – I think he missed the fourth quarter. It was questionable retu- to return. They never ruled him out with a knee. Um, so that's a big one. And then um, – what the hell was I going to say? Oh, the, uh, the Patriots, I think they're 30th in pre-snap motion, which is another thing that, I mean... We always do, and we're yeah, not... Yeah, always do, and it's, and it's something that really... Pre-snap motion is basically there to indicate man coverage, and Pittsburgh doesn't play a ton of man. I know there's a lot of Tampa 2 there, cover one, Minko over the top, playing center field, or... Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's a good indicator. And, and maybe you know Pittsburgh's going to play zone, so you stay away from the motion because you know... They're going to be in zone. Um, but I'd like to see more of that. But I know the offense is a little bit simplified, but that's something, a wrinkle we could add in, hopefully, as the weeks go by. Good call. James, anything to add? Um, well, you guys have said it. I mean, I, I'm i just surprised with what's going on with the tight ends. I mean, it's you guys mentioned it. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me what they're doing. Why is Hunter Henry... You know, why aren't they targeting him in the red zone? I know, so last year I was thinking about it. It took him a little while to get going, but it doesn't seem like he knows what's going on or what, what is being asked of him or whatever because they're just, they're not going to him. Max not really looking at him. You'd, you'd think in the red zone that's his bread and butter. He had like 10 touchdowns or something, eight touchdowns last year. You'd think they look at him, and they're not really looking at him. Then it's like, okay. Um, to, to that point, we were only really in the red area for what six plays seven plays the entire game true that's that's fair but like well i don't know why we're not looking him to him more to get to the sticks you know he is a good receiving threat or he was last year i don't understand you know we're going it seems like max going to Aguilar and obviously myers all the time and he's not you know i would think henry he would go to henry because henry's a guy he's been with i can understand parker and maybe there's growing pains what have you but Hunter Henry's been there. You know, John, who I can understand, too, because he had a bad year last year. Bourne and Hunter Henry should be two guys that he's going to. He's going to Bourne when Bourne's in there. He is going to Bourne a lot when he's in there. Oh, yeah. And I would love to see him and Devontae Parker get on some semblance of the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Even even the, the balls he throws to him, Parker doesn't even contest them, you know? Yeah, it's like he doesn't. he's not expecting it or something. Okay, yeah, get the tight ends involved. 
That's a huge get one. Get the tight ends involved. Like that, you know, you're paying them, like you said, Ryan, a lot of money. It's $25 million, I think, combined for the two of them. It's like, would you rather the two of them or Devontae Adams? I'll take Devontae Adams. 25 for then $77 million for the for the receivers. And it's like, wouldn't you rather just have, like, a Devontae Adams? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get just rid like of all some the fucking guys. Dominant guy. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. It doesn't always work out that way. you got to give up picks to get those guys. And then you have uh, times like this weekend where Devontae Adams didn't do a whole lot. No, that's sure. That's in the Raiders complete, game. That's um, completely fine, and I get it. It's just, you know, you're paying these people. Get them involved. Figure out how to get them involved. Make sure you're on the same page with Mac. Like, make sure Mac's seeing what you expect, I don't, you know, before – Everyone gets pissed off and things go off the rails. Like, that's not what anyone wants to see. The kind of funny thing about that is the only one that's consistently getting separation is Jacoby Myers. And I'm pretty sure he makes, like, what, two, three million dollars a year? He's not he's least, still in his he knows how to reach his zone. Yeah. He's like, the least, he's like the least paid player on the team, but he's the only one getting open all the time. He knows how to find that soft spot of the zone. He's working know? at it, too. He's working for that payday. He's going to get paid. Oh, yeah. I hope it's here. I really hope it's here. Okay. So the so the Patriots advance to 1 and 1, which moves them into third place in the AFC East. Um What's the tie with the Jets? Though? Tied with the Jets. Yeah, tied for third. Yeah. Yeah. So, fourth. <laughs> so fourth. <laughs> <laughs> tied with Literally. the Jets, just where we want to be. Uh this this weekend not quite the same slate of games as we had in week 1 which is to be expected cuz obviously the NFL stacks the deck week 1 of the year but we did have a number of really good games starting on Thursday night Kansas City is able to edge one out over the Chargers in a game where it looked like the Chargers had the upper hand and then uh Chargers have a turnover in the second half in the third quarter Chiefs end up getting back-to-back scores on two straight possessions Herbert breaks some ribs at the end of the game is able to stay in there and uh, deliver a touchdown at the very end when the, the game was really out of grasp. But that was a good one. We'll, we'll see if, if Herbert's able to bounce back from that. One of the things I was saying about him was the, the guy's built like a Greek god. Yeah. You would expect him to be healthy going on out, and then he gets hurt, and then I'm looking at him like, where is his rib protector? Like, why doesn't he have one of those Kirk Cousins, like, inner yeah. tube tires around his ribs? He mm-hmm. looked, He's out there like, uh, I just saw somebody, it was... Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence barely has any protection in his midsection. I'm like, you guys should be padded up like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're doing I out know, there. right? So that was a good one. The uh, aforementioned Jets get on the board with a victory against the Cleveland Browns. Browns come in 1-0 and um, and have, I believe, a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter wow. that they managed to blow to Joe Flacco and the Jets, who convert uh, an onside kick get a touchdown. Garrett Wilson has his coming out party, the rookie out of Ohio State who I wasn't high on, but Ryan was awful high on. He's gloating right now. I dropped Dude, him in fantasy too. Man, I dropped him in fantasy to pick, pick up DJ Chark, and I instantly went back to try to pick him up again. I mean, he just gets open. You look at his route running, it's so smooth, especially on the goal line. It's impressive, man. He's a, he's a good player. He and Olave had a good week, too. For the Saints, Olave's looking good. That Ohio State continues to pump him out at the wide receiver position. Olave playing with Michael Thomas down there. Good to see him back out on the field for the first time mm-hmm. in like three years, it feels like. Yeah. Tom Brady finally gets over the hump against the Saints, gets the regular season victory. His first one is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. That's yeah, he was crazy. not happy. He was not happy during that game. Oh boy, he wasn't. Yeah. A, a was tablet. Three, three, like, yeah. What was midway through the third quarter? It was still three three. He was losing his fucking mind. Yeah. He uh, spiked a tablet, picked a fight with Marshawn Lattimore, got Mike Evans suspended. That was super fun. You see Mike Evans. Why is Arians on the field, by the way? I don't know. I saw Bruce Arians over there. Jason Light was on the field, who's their their general manager. I mean, it's I I don't get it. What is Bruce Arians? Bruce Arians isn't even, I don't know, maybe they kicked him upstairs. He's like a football advisor or something. So, yeah, it's like, why the hell is he on the field talking to people, telling them what to do? I have no idea. Um, But it was really funny because... Tom Brady got in the fight with Lattimore. Evans comes out and drills Lattimore. Obviously, the two of them have a lot of history. And then there's this clip, I don't know if you guys saw it, of Mike Evans talking to the refs afterwards, and he goes, that's Tom fucking Brady. What do you want me to do? Yeah. (laughs) It's crystal clear. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, Another game that didn't go as planned, but is I think is making the season more interesting, 
the 49ers were playing Seattle, and in the first half, Trey Lance goes down with a, a catastrophic leg injury, mm-hmm. ends up getting surgery the next day, broken ankle. He's out for the season. Obviously sucks for him, uh, but it brings Jimmy Garoppolo in, in, and I think we were kind of all on board that Jimmy Garoppolo gives them the best chance to, to win the most games this Absolutely. season. Absolutely. He's shaving their front office by coming in. He could save, I mean, it could be a double-edged sword. He might save or get Kyle Shanahan fired because if he comes in and kills it, and they're like, what the hell were you doing getting Dre Lance? Well, yeah. Kyle Shanahan wouldn't be fired. It'd be John Lynch as the yeah, But it's John. It's Shanahan's making all the decisions over there. Well, duh, but that's it's, why you have a John Lynch, is so you have somebody you can fire and point to. Buffer. It well, seemed like uh, the Niners during training camp got a good look at Trey Lance and said, we better bring uh, Jimmy back because this kid fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he has sucked. He was he playing terrible. Yeah. So now Jimmy's in there, and I think... Now they're they're they're, they're top four team in the NFC. They're yeah, they're definitely up there. They're, I mean, just they their went from their defense, and then Debo Samuel, George Kittle seems to be getting back onto his into his game. I mean, they got some pieces there, right? Def, uh, yeah, the, Kittle's uh, been hurt, but hopefully he comes their, back good. Their running back got hurt too, right? Yeah, yeah, Kittle's been out, hasn't played. He's he's been out with like a I don't know, hammy or something. Who's but, Is that a different tight end? I don't know. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. But yeah, basically, it took the Niners off the scrap heap as being, you know, bottom five team in the NFC to top five team. Yeah, yeah. So Real they'll, they'll challenge the Rams in that division. Also in that division, Arizona beats the Las Vegas Raiders, who I guess Crazy. is their regional, probably their regional rivalry. Phoenix and Vegas are now really close to each other. Uh, comeback victory, Kyler Murray running all around the yard. Uh, all kinds of craziness dude. ends up going he, to overtime. Not, I don't even think he's good. You said you don't think he's good? No, I don't think he's a good quarterback, but I think he's super talented. Yeah, I he's, think he's just a freak athlete. Yeah, you see some of that that throw he made for I think it was the tie, the two point conversion. Fucking bullet, dude! And then the the touchdown before that, he scrambled on. He scored the touchdown. One teammate came up to him to congratulate him. One I saw teammate, that. You know, it's just like you made you made the point, and now I notice it. Like. They don't fucking like him. Nobody likes him. Then nobody yeah. comes up to him. He doesn't talk to anybody. He is a total loner. Uh, but that guy can scramble. That guy can absolutely sling it. Uh, I think the Raiders did a piss poor job of of getting after Hell. him and containing Dude. him. You're, you either got to chase him around or you got to contain him. And basically, they let him run around without chasing him. Well, not yeah. even that. I mean, what you know, they couldn't score in the fourth quarter. It's like you have Devontae Adams. He was getting frustrated. Do you notice Devontae Adams getting pissed off? Because no. it didn't seem like Carr could throw him. Did he have a goose egg? No, he had uh, like one or two receptions and got a touchdown on the first drive. But it was the type of thing where he is Devontae Adams, so he's not really covered any, ever. you know. And Carr was trying to throw him the ball, and it was just like bad throws, hitting him in the feet, you know, nothing really catchable. And Adams like put his looked up in the sky at one point and shook his head like, just Christ, give me a break, man. Yeah. You know, the thing about that game I find so funny, you know, offensively fine, uh, or I mean defensively fine, letting the Cardinals, Kyler Murray run around, him having his thing and scoring a bunch of points to end the game. But, you know, Josh McDaniels in that offense, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, here we are all crapping on all of our offensive woes, and here is their head coach who just left us with an extreme amount of offensive talent. They have a decent, decent offensive line. They have Devontae Adams. They have Hunter Renfro. They're uh, Waller at tight end. who You don't didn't even hear his name in the fourth quarter. They got, um, you know, Josh what's Jacobs. his name? At, Josh Jacobs at running back. They just drafted another running back who's supposedly pretty good. Like, they're oozing talent, and you have got shut out. They almost shut out in the second half. They scored three points in the second half, and that was in the third quarter. Nothing in the fourth quarter. Nothing in OT. It's like, yeah. what the hell happened? McDaniels, you're supposed to be a guru with this stuff. And, you know, right there is some of the stuff that I worry about. I was worrying about with McDaniels when he was here. He, he goes, sometimes he goes to the script too much. And he, like, scares, outthinks himself or scares himself away from certain things. Where it's like, just throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Like, what do you, what do you even, what are you even doing? Why are you worrying about all this stuff? You have the best offensive player in the game right now. Get him the ball. And they didn't. They couldn't do it. I mean, they were up 20 to nothing at the half. 
to blow that. I mean, just run the fucking ball, dude. Anything. So, yeah, give it to talk- Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Josh He'll Jacobs. Clock. Carries. Zamir White, they only gave one carry. Um, that's the kid from Georgia. Yeah, the rookie, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. They should have put that game away easily. Yeah. Well, it's a work in progress. It takes time to get there. It's only his second game with that, that offensive unit. Uh, maybe the most unexpected finish to this week was not not the finish, but final score. The Bengals drop one in Dallas to the Cooper Rush led Dallas Cowboys. Joe Burrow yep. sacked six times again. Micah Parsons owns this game as well as every other game that he plays in. Bengals offense looks anemic. Dallas did just enough offensively with uh, with Cooper Rush in there. He looks as probably should have thrown more interceptions than the Bengals were able to convert. But, uh, but looks, that's, that's I think just he the looks way it goes. Just as good as, he looks just as good as Dak. Like, Dak looked bad in game one, and this dude came in, and I was like, oh, he's actually completing the ball more than Dak. You know, it's funny. They The, the Bengals spent all this money on their offensive line, and they drafted, and, I mean, it's the same old story. At some point, don't you have to question the coaching there? I mean, you got Lael Collins. And, Did you hear their coach, too? No. In the first, I heard him going into the second half. And I, I can't remember what he said, but it was like, really, like, really, dude? He's like, yeah, we know what they're doing. We're just, uh, we didn't recognize it, and now we do or something. It was like something along those lines. It's like, it's, you, you don't believe what you just said, do you? Was this with the sideline reporter? Yeah. Those are the worst things ever. I hate them so much. They do suck. Why do they do that? Nobody cares about what they say. Everybody hates to be part of that interaction. Literally. It's not like the coach is like, yay, let me go talk to the sideline reporter between quarters yeah. for one and right, two. Right. And then they never say anything useful, and it's just brutal. Um, but in that game, yes, I think, Ryan, you nailed it right on the head. Their offensive line, it doesn't make any sense. You you add proven players, Ted Karras, Lyle yep. Collins, these are guys that have started and done well in the league, and now they're playing like shit, and now you got Joe Burrow calling a timeout on third down of the red zone yelling to the sidelines so much so that the microphones are picking it up saying we can't go empty can't go empty because he's gonna get his head taken off he needs extra blockers in there it's the minnesota vikings syndrome when they just for years love to go empty with kirk cousins in these two minute drills and he just gets sacked every fucking time it's like just put in extra blockers give him an extra second literally the frustrating thing is they have they have such good weapon you know yeah where was jamar chase all game like he had a decent what do you have like 80 yards or something like that, 70 yards, I don't know. Something like, like that, no touchdowns, though. Yeah, no touchdowns, but he's un, he's unguardable. He's one of these guys that, like, yeah. just give give the kids some time, man, and you're going you're gonna to score points. But they brought in all these guys, and, it, I mean, for me, it's got to be coaching. You know, yeah. it's got to be. And it's week two, it's early. You can figure it out. We've seen it before with the Pats. You know, you struggle early on your offensive line, and then, I mean, hopefully they get it together. Yeah. All right, just a couple more games to touch on. Philly, uh, Philly beats down Minnesota in Philadelphia. This is part real quick. Of this. Jamar only had five for fifty-four in that game. There you go. I mean, that's fine. That's that's yeah, whatever. Not fine for Jamar Chase. Yeah, and then some fine games he's going to have twelve for two hundred. Yeah, it's fine when the quarterback's getting sacked six times. I mean, I guess getting killed out there. So the Monday night doubleheader, first game. Tennessee going into Buffalo. Buffalo absolutely demolishes Tennessee. And then Philadelphia is playing a, a close one with Minnesota until the second quarter, and then they just run away with it, and Minnesota's offense fell apart. Who looked better? Who looked worse on Monday night? Did, were, were the Titans the worst team and the Bills the best? or am I Yeah, I mean, that? I didn't get to watch a lot of the Bills-Titans game, but what I did see was, like, the Bills have, you know, if I were a Bill fan, I would almost worry about peaking too early. Yeah. Because they look at everything. That offense just looked, it was super easy, super fluid. You know, guys are just wide open. Allen's hitting them over the top. You know, Stephon Diggs is just running wild. And the safety's biting on underneath roots. And (laughs) Diggs is over the top. It's like, how do you you let that happen? I don't know. But, uh, like, you know, that's the whole point of the safety. But... The Bills looked great. I mean, they scored 41 points on a Titans team who was a playoff contender last year who clearly looks bad this year. The Bills are scary. The Bills might be the best team in the league, Not and it might not even be close. I know everyone's not. talking about the Chiefs, but um, they might be the favorite by a mile right now. Uh, and the Eagles look good. I mean, I'm surprised 
how good they do look. The Vikings, you know, I don't know. They got a lot of another team with a lot of fucking weapons that just can't figure it out. You know, we we here we are bitching and moaning about the Patriots. It's like the Vikings have, uh, you know, better version of every single position we have on the field. Yeah in terms of skill positions and they're only, they only scored seven points against an Eagles team. That is a good defense. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, you know, come on now. Like you have Justin Jefferson, you have Jefferson, you have Dalvin cook. You got Thielen who didn't even get a catch. Like he you have at least one. Did he have at least, I mean, you know, they have some serious weapons. They have a good tight end and it's like, what, you know, what is going on there? Why can't they figure it out? Green Bay is finally stumbling and they can't, you know, this is their moment. They, yeah, week yeah, two. Thought, they got time. I thought the Eagles looked really good. The Eagles look good, dude. Mm. Jalen Hurts looks good. Jalen Hurts, he's running that offense perfectly. It's you know? crazy. I didn't think he had it in him. He's got some. He's got some uh, juice to him too. He can make plays on his own. He's got weapons. He's got Goddard. Miles Sanders looks looks good. Um, AJ Brown. It was good to see Devonta Smith get off the Schneid a little bit. He had, I think he had four targets for zero yards in the in the first game. He Ended up putting, I think, about 80 and uh, eight catches for 80 or something like that. Um, just getting open. Little little short stuff for him, which is not what I was expecting for him. I, I would assume they'd use him more downfield. But with A.J. Brown there, I mean, they, they have some, some nice little pieces. And then Quez Watkins, who is turning out to be a nice player, man. I mean, it's a good team. Good offensive line, and I love the way they drafted on defense. I mean, some of these, some of these young kids they have coming up on defense – and then they have Darius Slay. It's just a really good team. I think they're the easy favorite for the NFC East. Oh, easy. Yeah. And they, they've made some nice veteran acquisitions defensively as well. James Bradbury uh, filling out that secondary. You'll, you'll look around that team and be like, oh, they got that dude too? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's a really good team. And to the Vikings, they can't get that Andrew Booth kid from uh, Clemson back soon enough. Cornerback, uh, yeah. Yeah, nice little corner. Uh, I saw... There was one play Kirk Cousins threw a perfect deep ball, and the kid dropped it. I think Irv it was Smith. KJ. Was it Irv Smith? It was Irv Smith. Went right yeah. off his hands. Heartbreaker. Um, yeah, but the Vikings, I, they're one of my teams that I picked to, to do really well this season, Then it's not there. Yeah. Cool. Could be a letdown after a, a big win at home against the Packers, start off the season, and then you got an on-the-road letdown. Obviously, and also, Kirk Cousins is, what, one in forever on Monday Night Football on primetime yeah. games? I heard he could be uh, the most losing quarterback in Monday Night Football history or something like that. Is Kirk? Is worst, worst, worst record or something like that? Yeah. I believe he has. he's won one game in his career in primetime. Because it was wow. a big deal when it happened. And that's Thursday night games, Sunday night games, Monday night. I mean, that's, that's, that's all of it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that was Monday Little. night. Nice to have the doubleheader. I believe we have like three more doubleheaders. Uh, can we circle Do back? Do we? They're not... I don't mean we, but I guess we as NFL fans, there are like no, three more Monday night doubleheaders. No way, really? I yeah, didn't know that. later on the season. I don't know. And they're just, you know, the NFL is just squeezing revenue out of every corner it can. Oh, um, boy. Before That's we good. move on from week two, we got to talk about this Miami comeback win against Baltimore. Baltimore's up 21. It might have been 21 points in the fourth quarter. 28 to 7 at halftime. 28 to 7 at halftime. This is the Baltimore Ravens. Their bread and butter is we get an early lead and then possess the ball for 40 straight minutes. Yeah. And you can't make it back up because Lamar Jackson and everybody in that running game, we hang on to it. Miami says, F that. We got the two fastest guys in the league, and we're going to score in lightning speed and just absolutely demolish you in the fourth quarter. And they do and win 42-38 to in a barn burner. Two of throws for Crazy. six TDs, four bills. Tyreek Hill looks like the best player, best offensive player on the planet. Uh, Jalen Waddles making gigantic plays. The Ravens are anemic. I mean, they still they scored thirty eight points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the Dolphins scored thirty five in the second half <laughs> and took this game over. And this is a team that scored thirteen points in Week One against Patriots. First of all, got to feel good about the Patriots defense in that sense. Um, but I mean. That was that was pretty remarkable. Doing things that I didn't know that Tua had in him. Granted, those receivers, a lot of them, wide open, but hitting them in stride, moving the ball down the field. Dolphins. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong to think that they had a, a lower ceiling because they got. I, it's it's like having the Splash Brothers. I heard some somebody comparing uh, NFL players to basketball players, but like 
Steph Curry and Klay Thompson can score from anywhere. Mm-hmm. At least in their primes with the Warriors. It's like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Those guys can score from anywhere. Inside, outside, Literally. deep, short. Ball in their hand, ball in the air. Doesn't matter. So, yeah, I talked I for a while in that game. But. The, uh, the Ravens secondary is having a tough time. And it's, it's funny because they have a lot of blue-chip guys back there. Um, what's his name? The corner there. Really good corner. Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton, the kid from Notre Dame. Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. I mean, they're, they're blitzing. That's right. They're a little too blitz-heavy, I think, and they leave themselves exposed. Um, and you can't really do that with two of the fastest guys on the planet uh, where they each have like 170-plus yards and two touchdowns apiece. Gesicki made a fucking ridiculous uh, catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, I mean, Tua... You you know you talk about how what he can't do, but he's a resilient player. I mean he'll keep coming at you. Yeah. Six touchdowns. What four hundred yards? Did he have over four hundred yards passing? Yeah, he had like four twenty-six. Sure. I mean you wouldn't expect that from Baltimore. You know to be up. Four sixty-nine. Yeah. Please. They they got to get Dobbins back and and get that running game going again because I, I right now Lamar Jackson looks like that's their running game. Yeah, he led the league and I. At one point over the weekend, he led the league in rushing. Which I is... want to say I heard the stat that he's the only player in NFL history to run for a 75-yard touchdown and pass for a 75-yard touchdown in the same game. That's really? Yeah, I mean, that's fucking, that's, that's pretty cool. dynamic. And yeah. I know he had a crazy first half, but, I mean, you got to put that game away. Some of those scores that they had, they had, yeah, Lamar's 75-yard run. They had the deep ball uh, touchdown. I guess it was just a slant that Bateman was able to extend into a touchdown another 75 yarder Duvernay kickoff return for a touchdown yeah Bateman had, a, Bateman had a deep one in week one I mean they're they are living off of the big play they're not sustaining drives like the Ravens are known for doing uh which you know tying that into the Patriots hosting the Ravens next week I don't really know how to look at this game if they're not going to be the Ravens that we're used to seeing I mean what I would normally say is that we need to contain the run game and, and prevent the big play against this team and hold them to Justin Tucker field goals and hope mm-hmm. that we can possess the ball long enough on offense so our defense doesn't get exhausted. And now with the way that they're playing, it's like, is it totally different? Like, instead, are you trying to, like, double-team receivers and not worry as much about the running game, only key on Lamar Jackson because Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis aren't giving you that that real strong presence at running back that Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins could. Yeah. I don't and know. I, I expect that J.K. Dobbins to be playing by now. I know he's been out for a full year, right? So, yeah, a full year. Yeah, what's his issue? Is he still he, he tore up his knee last year? He tore, he tore up his knee or it was like he tore his knee and then also had a broken bone involved. It was like it was a weird injury. And I remember someone on Twitter saying, oh, he's not going to be back for week one. And he, like, laughed at it and said, well, you don't know shit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But, hey, guess what? It's almost week three now, and you're still not back. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's kind of like a staple of the Ravens is to have some kind of running game that helps move the chains, yeah. take the pressure off Lamar. Um, the big play is, is a major thing, you know, and, and that's something Belichick will, will key on and – we know that. We know, we know that he's going to be focused on taking away the big play and, and limiting Lamar Jackson's scrambling because that's just a backbreaker. Um, we had a couple plays this past week where you're third and 17. Or I mean, it was one play this week where it was third and 17 and, and Belichick's over there with Mac Jones talking to him and we give up the third and 17. But it wasn't a first down and we didn't challenge it because Belichick wasn't there. Right. That was like, such a this, bullshit spot of the ball. I couldn't. It was. They there was a that. lot of. There was a couple things. I, mean, I didn't know what was going on the game clock in this because we had we both we had the delay a game and they did too. And there was a few times that they let the delay a game go. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then no. the spots. There was a few spots that were really close. Or forward progress was three yards behind the line, and they gave it where the guy started the catch. And it's like, how the hell how does that work? Right. Exactly. But to my point, those are the big plays you can't allow. The third and 17s, the, um, yeah. you know, the 60-yard bombs. You, you need to be all over this because Bateman and Duvernay can get deep. And especially Duvernay after the catch is a serious threat. Um, Mark Andrews, another one, is one of the best tight ends in the league. You have to be accounting for these guys. And hopefully Ronnie Stanley's out again because that – that would not be good. Yeah, I, w- I would expect Mark Andrews to have a really good game because just like we're all saying, 
they're going to be worried about Bateman getting deep, Duvernay getting out in space, and Lamar breaking off a big one. And mm-hmm. You can only pay attention to so many things, especially if Duggar's coming off of a little some some injury. Right. Andrews is just going to be there moving the chains. I just feel, and it's going to be frustrating. We're going to be like, fix that up, but it's you don't want them to pull away resources from those deep deep balls. So I would expect um, defensively that it's going to be one of those games where like, oh my god, third and two again. They converted to the same person. Oh, they threw to the fullback. All that stuff. Offensively, I think that we could take a page out of uh, out of the Dolphins playbook and try to challenge these safeties. Definitely. Go no deep. At times in the past, you know, there, there have been really good safeties on these. I mean, I'm not going back as far as Ed Reed, but like Earl Thomas spent time there. Eric Weddle, they, they've had good players at the safety position. And maybe they get, they still got some good talent at cornerback, but at safety, their starters are Chuck Clark and Marcus Williams. And their first backup is Kyle Hamilton, who's more of a line. He's like a 230-pound safety he's kind of a marcus linebacker williams, marcus williams and kyle hamilton share starters and and super talented way both of those guys especially marcus williams he, he's a good good safety um so you would not expect these guys to be getting over the top on them i'd still like to be able to challenge let's get a let's get a, a vertical ball get get a high ball to Devonte parker pretty early let's give kendrick Bourne, nelson Aguilar, some of these guys a chance downfield yeah like to be able to do that get some play action going Oh, yeah, we can suck up these linebackers. That's to me. I would really like to see a run, and I know they have Michael Pierce in there, a nose tackle, a couple other big defensive ends. I think Calais Campbell's on that team He's still. still. There, yeah. Um, I mean, they got a lot of good players. So, I mean, if we could run the ball, that's that's the way for me. And, and let Mac Jones get comfortable while the run sets up, and hit him with the play action. You know. I was just looking up Michael Pierce, the Ravens' nose tackle, three hundred and sixty pounds, six feet even. Yeah, he's he's a he's a monster. I mean, three hundred sixty pounds. And then they they got some speedy linebackers backing him up. I don't know if Ojabo's healthy yet, the kid from Michigan, but they have uh, Queen. They got Patrick Queen. yeah, Patrick Queen, two hundred twenty five pounds, speedy linebacker. They got Odafa Owe, the kid out of Penn State, who's just a remarkable athlete on the edge, who had a really good rookie it. season. It's funny, I always hate on their picks, and they end up being good. I mean, I hated on Bateman. I said. Why are you getting that guy when that's not your game? And then Owe, who who had like zero production at Penn State, but he's just an athlete, and you know they develop him. That's what they do over there, man. They take athletes and develop them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where. And then we pay Matt Judon. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and here we go. Okay, predictions. I have. I think it's going to be a pretty fast game in terms of. I think the ball is going to be in play. And I think the clock's going to be moving. And I think they're going to be extended drives on either side. Less than 10 possessions for each team. And I think we're going to make the Ravens kick more field goals than we're going to kick. And that's going to have the Patriots with a 17-16. to 16. Ooh, close oh, one. Incredibly low score. Very low. For them. Okay. Uh, Ravens are, I believe, fourth in the NFL in scoring scored this year. Yeah. yeah. That's a bold, bold prediction. Right. What do you say, JJ? Yeah, I know uh, of course, I'm going to pick the Pats. Um, I'm hoping our offense comes alive a little bit. From what Miami did, I think they m- definitely must have exposed some holes when you score 42 points in that short amount of time. Um, you know, definitely things aren't working out over there on that side of the ball for the Ravens, and I hope that, you know, and those are usually holes that big take a little time to fix. It's not going to happen in just a week. You're gonna, I know they're going to definitely play things tighter, so I don't think we're going to score 42. I think we're going to win 27-24. We're going to get our offense going a little bit. Our defense is going to play good, but, um, you know, 27-24. Okay. I'm going to go, you want the homer pick or you want the, you want? You I want the realistic pick. pick. Whatever you, pick. whatever you feel. I'm going to go, know? I'm going to go Ravens 24, pass 21. All right. There it is. There it is, folks. All right. Somebody's going to be gloating on the podcast next week. Hey, Let's... I got to say, I think, I think we were like three points off the prediction last week for the Patriots. We were really close, right? We get yeah, we both guessed twenty seventeen. Yeah, and what was it seventeen? And it should have been twenty fourteen. Really, I mean, when you look at it, Nick Folk missing that field goal. That's a hard mm-hmm. kick at that stadium. Fifty two yards at that stadium. That was a hard Why kick. Why is that yeah, stadium so fucking hard to? Is kick it out? windy? I don't get. It's right on the river. I don't. But nobody had kicked a fifty yard field goal there until like the stadium's like fifteen years old before somebody <laughs> kicked a fifty yard field. Goal. It's like wow. the mysteries of sports to me. I don't understand why people can't kick. <laughs> 
Is you it know? gotta be it's the wind. Grass. It was windy. It was windy that day. It's natural grass, right? It's natural grass. Yeah, but people can kick in Chicago. Chicago never had that issue. Speaking of which, and I meant to bring this up a couple podcasts ago. I was listening to the radio and um, Bruce Arena was on a soccer channel. You know who Bruce Arena is? Nope. Yeah, the Revolution coach. Revolution coach. He used to coach the U.S. men's national team. He coached the LA, LA Galaxy. He said in 2023, and I don't know if this is just for Revolution games, the that Gillette Stadium was switching back to natural grass. That'd be I heard awesome. that. I think it is. I think and that's that might everything. be because the World Cup is in the is in the United States in a couple of years, I think. And you are not allowed to play World Cup soccer games on turf. turf. You have to play on grass. Wow. Good. Good. Yeah. No, well, I, I think I heard that Gillette and that's going to be the Patriots. They're going back to natural gas. Good. Grass. That's, that's deep insider information I got off of Sirius XM FC. The <laughs> there you go. You're doing I the deep dives. You keep it I up. Am. Okay, um, that would be great. That would be excellent. But as we know, natural just grass isn't always the best playing surface. As everybody complains about the Cardinals' grass, like every game. Well, I think the, the the thinking behind it was that it led to more injuries, right? Yeah, which I don't know how that's possible. Just to say. Okay, elsewhere, week three. Uh, again, not not quite the caliber of games that we would hope to see, but there are there's some marquee ones. Headlined, I think, by the Bills going to Miami. Yeah, that's a big one. Miami playing at home oh, September. They got the sun in their favor. The, the Bills couldn't be on a, on a better hot streak right now. Dolphins coming riding high. Everybody's going to be watching this game. It'll be a ton of fun to see how they turn out. Yeah, I I, I hate both teams, but I'm going to be rooting for the Bills because I, I feel like the Bills are going to lock up the division, and we're going to be fighting teams like Miami for wild card. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, but, uh, you know, I am just wondering if the Dolphins somehow win this game, everyone's going to be all over Tua. I think it's just going to be huge. Like, that would be a huge shift already. Good. It's only week three, but I think that would be pretty big deal. That'd be great. And then watch them crater. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, next one, Raiders going to Tennessee. Battle of 0-2 teams, both of which made the playoffs last season. Might be difficult to pull yourself out of an 0-3 start to the season. Titans probably have a better chance, given the shit that uh, resides in the rest of that AFC well, it's like division. The, isn't your stats, if you're 0-2, like for just making the playoffs go way down? Oh, so far down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so 0-3. I mean, th- this is going to be a battle between these two teams. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Neither of these teams are like horrible enough that they should be 0-2, in my opinion. The Raiders shouldn't be 0-2. The Raiders are good. Yeah, the Raiders have a lot of talent just across the board, defensively, offensively. Um, the Titans are kind of young, right? They kind of retooled a little bit. And, and Tannehill's uh, just falling apart. He's bad. He's, he's got bad. awful. Um, who are the Colts playing? Oh, the Chiefs. They're playing the Chiefs. Uh, they're going to be 0-3. In man? Indianapolis. Oh, no, they're going to be... Zero, two, and one, right? They tied? Yeah, yeah they Texas. got to tie against the Texans. What the? F- hey, you picked Frank Reich as coach of the year, buddy. Me? I know. Not not looking too good right not there. Not looking too good. Not looking too good. Frank Reich, yeah. Don't know what's going on with him. Matty Ice, three interceptions last week. 24 not good. against the Jaguars? Yeah. What's going on there? I know Pittman was, but that's not 24 to nothing. No. You know, you didn't no. lose Gary Rice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Pretty bad. Pretty bad for the Colts. Uh, next one up, you guys are going to laugh at me. The Lions going to Minnesota. That's no, not bad. It's the not Lions, bad. Lions are fun to bad. watch. They have some players. Fun, dude. When they get Jamison Williams back, dude, with Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark and Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, I mean, they get, and their offensive line is legit. Legit. It's a, like, ridiculous offensive line. Um Defensively, they still got some issues, but I mean, I, I like Detroit. Yeah, they, they uh, Detroit. Is, if Goff can not just pants, I think that's a playoff contending team. Well, they they built an offense that Goff makes sense in, where you have a stud offensive line, you got weapons on the outside, you got legit running backs. I mean, right. like you have to be successful like, you, there. You, you guys heard... stacked on offense to for to make Jared Goff look. I mean, they got Panay Sewell playing right tackle, like. And they got Ragnow and some other guy, like guys that can really get after it. Um, and their defensive line is like average, like three three oh five. Yeah, just big. fucking huge, man. And so I like that team. Yeah, um, Vikings trying to bounce back, and uh, 
in division game in a dome should be fast should be a lot of offense i like that um where does jameson williams coming back have you guys heard anything no but he tore his acl at like christmas time last year i know but he seemed like he was ahead of schedule i I don't know they always say that and then very few guys come back ahead of schedule and are actually ready to go those like adrian peterson freak moments where you're like how'd you get better how do you tear your acl and get better yeah. A lot of people come back Wes Welker-ish, and, and you're like, okay, he's back early, but he's not really. Yeah. Um, next one, Rams going to Arizona. Rams sitting there at 2-0. and Cardinals 1-1 one and one, looked dead through six quarters, and they totally resurrected themselves in the second half against that Raiders team. Do they have enough confidence right now hosting the Rams coming in? Rams really no. fell apart in the second half against the Falcons, let them creep all the mm-hmm. way back in that game. I, it's divisional game. Cardinal. They, these teams split last year. Gonna be a good one. Where's the game? Arizona. Mm. Watch out for that grass monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that'll be good. I don't think the Cardinals are gonna be able to amount to much this year, but yeah, I'll see it. Uh, the four twenty-five game might be the best game of the Pack- weekend. Packers Bucks. Packers Bucks. Packers Bucks in Tampa Brady Bay. Tampa's gonna be a hot one. Packers got back on their feet. Basically. I mean, did you? I don't know if you guys watched the Sunday night game. I only watched like three quarters, but it was all running backs. It was mm. like, let's oh, give yeah. Aaron Jones, let's give it AJ Dillon. We'll do this, we'll do that. We'll throw him the ball, we hand it off, and it's just like that was the the whole game. And the the Tampa Bay defense is built to shut down running backs. You yeah. cannot run against that front. Can't can't get out of the backfield against Levante David, Devin White chasing those guys around. I just feel like it's a really hard matchup for the Packers. Yeah, the Packers are in a little bit of trouble. I think. Um, they can really only run the ball right now. I mean, their number one weapon last week was Sammy Watkins. I think he had three for 90 or three for 93 or something like that. It's They had 38 runs to 25 passes, which is very unpacker-like. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I, I that's don't what think... happens when your quarterback pisses off every single person on the offense. Exactly. And I really don't think the Packers are as much of a threat as everyone's making them out to be. You know, I... I feel like they could miss the playoffs. I feel like they might even not win the division. That'd be nice. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah, I would, and then I would say Minnesota and Detroit are probably better teams overall. I would Possibly. Overall, but the best player in the division is the Packers quarter. That's true. But, I mean, he's only as good to the as, as the bums he's throwing to. And I like Sammy Watkins. I mean, some of these guys. Alan Lazard is your number one. Yeah. I don't even know if he's played yet. I don't know. But he's... I don't know. There you go. He's not number one material from what I've seen. James? Uh, yeah, no, I think the Packers are finally getting what's coming to them. Yeah. Keep giving in, giving in, giving in to this guy, paying him more money than is possible. Um, and now he's, you know, he's wearing it. <laughs> and that's, you know, he's that's the way it, it is. And I, I love to see him frustrated and pissed off. It's like, yeah, when you piss every single person off in your organization where your best receiver who you think is buddies with you literally takes less money to leave for a worse quarterback uh yeah that's what's gonna happen yeah Yeah, i I think i'm a union i mean i'm a union guy but but to take that much money at the expense of what your weapons can be you know they can provide you for weapons yeah kind of did it to yourself but like literally they couldn't afford to pay and they did years right all these guys would come in because he would take a little bit less money and restructure and Aaron Rodgers is not that guy. It's such an ego thing. It's I'm making the most money in the league. It's why it's like yeah. uh, I don't know how much State Farm money does he have? Literally. Do you really need to make just a, a shade more than Patrick Mahomes just to prove that you're better than him, even though you got two straight MVP awards? Like, come on. What's Patrick? How about you get a team 25. around you and win a Super Bowl? Patrick Mahomes is like 25, 26, right? Like yeah. you're like 30. What is he? 38. He's 38. Like yeah, it. he's going to be making fifty-five million against the cap. It is like his age 41 season. It's just <laughs> come on. Tom Brady's biggest contract he ever signed was 72. Yeah. The thing that pisses me off about it is, is all right, fine, you get all that money, dude. You have so many sponsorships and commercials. You're you're everywhere. You can't make that money up in other places. To me, it just tells me he doesn't want to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's not even worth that much. Okay. Last game of this weekend, 49ers going to Denver, playing the Broncos. Broncos having a really bizarre start to the season. Yeah, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson doesn't have does it. not look like the guy the Broncos hoped to acquire. He looks more like the guy that the, the Seahawks had out there last year. Um, and then Nathaniel Hackett 
looks bewildered. Uh, every decision, he's like, I have I have uh, 100 seconds on the play clock, right? And they're like, no, 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 yeah. it's still 40. It's still 40. you got to make a decision. He's like, oh, damn. Yeah. So they got that, yeah. and then the 49ers are coming to town with Jimmy Garoppolo in there, his first time starting the season. The fact that this game is at mile high gives me a little bit of pause, but mm-hmm. the, the San Fran defense knows Russell Wilson inside and out, and I think that's going to help them. Yeah, I think San Fran has it. I think, I think they has it too. Uh, Russell Wilson, I don't know what the fuck's going on. He he left Jerry Judy out dry last weekend, um, threw him a ball, and just see the guy got leveled. Uh, so he's hurt. He's day-to-day. And Patrick Sertain, their, their blue-chip corner there, mm. day-to-day. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right, does it, in Denver? So No. Yep. All right. Well, I think that will do it. For this episode of the Patriots Podcast, we thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, you heard here, we got two people predicting a Patriots victory. We got, oh, we got one prediction. Me, <laughs> <laughs> he brings it back around. I want the win. I mean, it's we know just, that. you know. We know that. It's okay. Enjoy the games this right. weekend, and we will talk to you next week. All right, guys. See ya. Adios.